Okay, hello, my name is Kian Prendival. Um, I attended the recent Congress of PESOL in Brazil uh, as an invited guest representing RISE. Uh, and tonight's meeting is a, a report back from that and a chance to discuss and debate with the comrades uh, uh, in Brazil about the different movements there, the opportunities and the challenges facing the socialist left. RISE is a revolutionary eco-socialist group in Ireland. Uh, we're a network within People Before Profit, and we are part of an international collective called MORE, Marxists Organising for Revolutionary Eco-Socialism, uh, who've organised this event tonight. So MORE involves ourselves in RISE, Reform and Revolution in the US, uh, which is a caucus within the Democratic Socialists of America, and Learning in Kampf, or Learning Through Struggle, in Germany, um, which operates within Die Linke. Um, I'll say a bit more about uh, more later. Uh, um, for now, I want to get the meeting properly started. So um, 12 months ago, the left across the globe breathed a collective sigh of relief as we heard that far-right president uh, of Brazil, Bolsonaro, had been beaten by the centre-left former president, uh, Lula. One year on, the debates and the tensions uh, 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 and struggles within the Brazilian Socialist Party, PASOL, should also be followed by us all. Um, so PASOL is the party of Socialism and Freedom. It was founded in 2004 as a split from the Workers' Party, or the PT, um, in opposition to neoliberal attacks on pensions by the Lula government of the time. And it has since grown to 300,000 members. It has 13 deputies uh, in the National Congress and over 100 representatives in the state assemblies and city councils. And as I said, it recently had its eighth uh, um, National Congress. So we are joined Tonight, uh, or today, or this morning, wherever you are in the world, uh, we're joined by representatives from some different tendencies within the party. Uh, um, so, Genilda uh, uh, Souza from Resistencia, or Hesistencia, or Resistance, which is a revolutionary socialist grouping within PASOL. That was the left-wing part of the majority PTL bloc at that Congress. Um, she's going to kick us off with an overview of the situation in Brazil, uh, for a total, hopefully, of around 20 minutes, that will involve translation. Uh, um, so if you prefer to listen to that in Portuguese, you can switch to the Portuguese channel for that. That should be the only part that will need translation, hopefully. Uh, um, then our second speaker will be uh, Vinicius uh, Almeida from uh, Rebellion Eco-Socialista, or Eco-Socialist Rebellion, which is another revolutionary socialist grouping. Uh, this time, it was part of the uh, left bloc minority at the Congress. And he'll speak for 10 minutes, focusing on some of the climate issues and environmental movements uh, um, within Brazil. And then uh, I'm going to speak then for 10 minutes, reporting on some of the key discussions and debates at the Congress and some personal uh, reflections. And then the final speaker will be Sophia Cutler um, from a member of Bread and Roses Caucus in the Democratic Socialists of America, who is another observer at the Congress. She will speak in particular about the relevance of the experience in Brazil to the struggles in the US. And then we will open it up for discussion with space for both questions and also short contributions uh, before going back uh, um, to the speakers. Uh, uh, for some closing remarks. There, there may be technical difficulties, there may be difficult throughout, so I, if there is problems, please speak up in the chat. Uh, um, but assuming that we have everybody, I'll do a last admitting of people, uh, um, then I think we should get this show on the road. Janilda, uh, uh, if you're ready to go, you can take the floor. I'm sorry for my terrible English, because I will speak all the, the all, in, all the time in Portuguese. 
Boa tarde às companheiras e companheiros. Good afternoon to the comrades here at this meeting. First of all, we at Resistencia would like to thank you for the opportunity to hear what you all think and to put forward our positions. Juan, do I need to interrupt you to translate or can I speak directly? Can you, can you hear Juan translation? Yes, we can hear you fine, Juan. I am, with the national leadership of the resistance, and with me is Comrade Miranda, who is also a member of the national leadership of the resistance and is active in our workers' sector. I've been asked to talk about two topics, essentially the situation in Brazil and its development and PSOL's main policies. I'll start the discussion first by talking about my pain in watching the bombings that Israel is carrying out in the Gaza Strip at the moment. There are already more than a thousand dead. That says a lot about the international political situation and the conflicts that arise for the entire working class and all of the revolutionaries of the world. And I'll give you a brief introduction about how the resistance feels about the international situation at the moment. We even have a document that will be taken to the Fourth International now in October, which I shared with Xian, and if others present want, we can share it here too. Well, we have a global situation an ongoing crisis. We defined in our document that today we are experiencing five major structural crises internationally. The first is the economic crisis, which started in 2008 and which has still not been overcome. On the contrary, Every move by imperialism and its economic policies ends up deepening this structural economic crisis, which has led to questioning, including by imperialist sectors of the neoliberal model itself. The second crisis that has now become an everyday aspect is the climate crisis. There isn't a country in the world that hasn't suffered, particularly in the last two years, from intense extreme climatic events and particularly affecting the poorest sectors, the most racialized in the world. So this is no longer a discussion for the future as we had in the 90s. The climate crisis is an everyday occurrence. It affects large populations and it affects every individual 
particularly anywhere in the world. The third crisis we see is the crisis of the order of the imperialist states. So the imperialist hegemony of the world between the United States and China has threatened the world. No wonder we are seeing a new war in the Middle East. That's what explains the war in Ukraine and all the other conflicts that exist in the world. And this dispute is taking place in all areas to see who will be the next boss of the world, on the economic field, on the political field, on the ideological field, on the field of confrontation, which is unfortunately what is growing in this whole conflict. Fourthly, a crisis of bourgeois democracy, as the natural ordering of capitalism in the world is no longer the case. This questioning also begins within imperialism itself, including 2016, when Trump was elected for the first time. So there is a questioning from part of imperialism and broad mass sectors. If what serves us as a regime and structure of governments is a bourgeois democracy, or whether it has already been surpassed to the extent that the neoliberal imperialist order is unable to resolve the main and most severe conflicts and needs that exist in the world today. And fourth, which contributes dramatically to the fifth, the crisis of revolutionary leadership. It's never been more dramatic and it's never been so weakened. First of all, the organization of the working class around the world with declining support for unions, with the question of whether the organizations are necessary for struggles as they exist in the world today. And the situation has never been so dramatic of the revolutionary organizations fighting for socialism at this time. This does not mean that there are no struggles in the world. On the contrary, there are many struggles in the world. But so far, they have not been enough to change the situation. That is, they were not enough to prevent the brutal attacks that imperialism and the bourgeoisie of each country make on their working, in particular, their oppressed sectors. Well, Brazil is not exempt from all these crises, which, in our opinion, exist and affect every place on the globe. On the contrary, Brazil is part of each of these elements of the world situation. We characterize Brazil today from the point of view of the class struggle, of the correlation of forces between the classes. Despite the election of Lula's government, we are in a defensive situation in which we achieved a change in political superstructure with the defeat of Bolsonaro. Yet it has not achieved an inverse quality with regard to the correlation of forces between the working class and the bourgeoisie in our country. On the contrary, since the Bolsonaro, particularly under the Bolsonaro government, we have seen the successful implementation of policies 
to remove the rights of working class people in our country. And the Lula government has not yet been able to reverse this withdrawal of rights. On the contrary, the Lula government, although it made several campaign promises in this regard, in the sense of preserving the rights of the working class, has not to reverse the situation in which we live qualitative, qualitatively and even refuses to repeal the measures that the rights of the working class under Bolsonaro, among others, that were done in previous governments, right? So we think it was very important from a political point of view. The political victory we had by defeating the new election of Bolsonaro and electing the Lula government. And that is why the resistance within the PSOL and the majority of the PSOL leadership in the electoral process last year, right? He was in favor of Lula's candidacy from the very first shift because we understood that this candidacy was the only one possible, as was later demonstrated that he was capable of defeating Bolsonaro, capable of preventing him from having a second term. So we demanded a lot. This is our position and the position of the majority of the PSOL leadership. This political and electoral victory was very important, but we understand that Bolsonarism I don't know if that term is understood by all comrades, but Bolsonarism, or the expression of the extreme right in our country through Bolsonarism, is not yet defeated. On the contrary, it enjoys a lot of popular support in our country. About 25 to 30% of the Brazilian population supports Bolsonaro, supports his understanding of the world, and supports its politics. The fight against Bolsonaro is part of the daily routine of every intervention, both on the field of the superstructure and on the field of concrete class struggle. You have to face these elements of the extreme right in every aspect of Brazilian life. So therefore, the extreme right in our country, and as we believe, in the world, is a sector to be defeated and this has not yet been done. If we understand the importance of the Lula government in this struggle and in the defeat that was able to cause, in the electoral defeat it could cause, which could give to the government, to the government line, etc. No, we are... Let, let's say, let me try to explain. That is, we are not the unconditional supporters of the Lula government. It's one thing to support Lula electorally so that he could electorally defeat Bolsonaro. Another thing, we will be the supporters, unconditional allies of the Lula government. Precisely because it is a government of class conciliation, this is the expression of the Lula government from its electoral process until now. This class conciliation is even being deepened at the moment, including the opposition sectors that are the base of the extreme right in our country. People from the far right are already occupying positions in Lula's government at the moment because that is how Lula, the PT, understands it, 
that this is the practical way to govern by making and expanding this conciliation and even relying on elements of the extreme right. We in this resistance are totally against this. We think that Lula's best form of governance should be direct confrontation to the economic policies of the bourgeoisie and to Bolsonaro, organizing and stimulating the struggle of the working class, but not what is happening in the country. And that's exactly why we proposed as an organization, as a revolutionary organization. We believe that we should not participate in the government, neither with positions, nor with other forms of participation, nor should we belong to the government's political base and anything else that resembles it. In fact, our position is that we support and defend the government against any threat from the extreme right, as happened on January 8th, the coup attempted by the extreme right here in Brazil. So a broader alliance is needed to defend the government from the attacks that it has suffered and will suffer from the extreme right, to support its progressive measures that favor the rights and demands of the working class without directly supporting or participating in that government. And you should know that we were as a resistance to do that and we said no. One of our comrades who is active in the LGBT movement was invited to join the government and our position consistent with what I'm putting forward was to refuse this possibility. It's not all PSOL, is it? There are other comrades here who with PSOL and that are from organizations here in Brazil that are also going to discuss these aspects. There are PSOL graduates participating in the government and there is even a participation in Congress with one of the leadership according to the parliamentary organization here in Brazil. Moving on to the last topic, I don't know how much time I have left, but I'll quickly get into the last topic that was asked of me, which is about PSOL. So first, you need to understand that the resistance is an organization that resulted from a break. Most of them, but not all, come from another organization called PSTU, linked to the Workers' International League, and which is the result of a merger with other organizations. The others here were from another organization and took part in the merger process. So the resistance is the result of a merger between revolutionary organizations in Brazil, and we joined PSOL late. We are not founders of PSOL. No, we took part in PSOL in its early days, but we understood as a whole, that PSOL is an important and necessary tool for development and organization of the Brazilian working class. We characterize PSOL as a party of a broad front, as a party that brings together various currents, various other left-wing organizations that exist in our country. We don't see it as a, itself a problem or a weakness of PSOL, but we understand that it is a party, a broad party, 
a party that brings together various opinions. And the resistance is one of these organizations. But first of all, we understand the importance of PSOL, of the existence of PSOL in our country. And the main foundation of the movement, much of it, is that PSOL today is practically or almost exclusively the only left-wing organization that can stand up to, that can position itself as an alternative to the PT, which still remains as the main leadership, the main direction of the working class in our country. We can see all the votes that the PT receives, or even the preference for the PT in Brazil. In a recent survey, in a country where 70% of the population neither agrees with nor follows any party, the PT receives 32% approval. The second party, which is a party that at the time had a 12% approval, so PSOL represents this fundamental tool to the organization and the political dispute regarding our country's working class and its oppressed sectors. So that's the quality of PSOL. That's why we're inside PSOL as one of its currents. And that's why we fight within PSOL so that it remains a party independent of governments, independent of bourgeois organizations in order to carry out this task. And that's the end of it. Without recognizing the political role that PSOL plays in the Brazilian political situation, in the Brazilian context. How can a party that has 13 parliamentarians at the federal level in the National Congress, which has hundreds of deputies and counselors here in Brazil, so PSOL is a political expression of our country. It is, for the time being, the main political expression of class independence that it has in our country. And this for itself justifies the presence of PSOL. It justifies the presence of PSOL as such an organization and mainly justifies the struggle for PSOL to develop as the political instrument of the working class with class independence and with differentiation from the current government, which is one of class conciliation. So for us, PSOL has this important political role and is an important positive tool for the tasks that lie ahead in the direct struggle of the working class, in the electoral struggle and the development of the organization of the working class in our country, particularly its oppressed sectors. I hope I've covered the main objectives of the point as we discuss it. Me and the other comrades from Brazil can add to this initial presentation. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Okay, thank you very much. Um, just for Jean-Linda, um, to let you know that uh, uh, Robinson has agreed to do the translation the other way around uh, for while he's here. He, he might not be here for all the time, 
but that would mean that if people want to listen to the next in Portuguese, um, uh, that should be possible to, if you switch to the Portuguese channel. Um, uh, hopefully, people can't hear that. I, I don't know. I could hear you, Robinson, so I'm not sure if... Can you try that again? And hopefully I can't hear you. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to our next speaker, uh, uh, Ven uh, Vinicius, uh, uh, if you're ready to, to take over. Hello. Can you hear me? We can hear you perfectly. All right. Uh, good morning and good afternoon to everyone. Vinicius, I'm from Ecosocialist Rebellion. I am a history teacher from the Mato Grosso Federal Institute, and I will speak in English also. And but it's not so great, so I I wrote something to help my presentation, and I hope. You understand me well. Um, just one second. Can I just got a message from somebody saying that you're speaking to the wrong channel. Can people in the English channel hear? I can hear this fine in the English channel. Can somebody else comment if there's any trouble hearing this in the English channel? Sounds fine to me. Yeah. Okay, I. If you're having trouble hearing this, maybe you could think of switching um to the original audio uh, um but uh, uh... i think vinicius you should just get keep going and hopefully we can sort it all out in the chat sorry all right uh so as i was saying i am a story teacher in a technological and high school uh, and I research about the PT governments, the Workers' Party, and I, I, I will focus my analysis on the Brazil situation. And I'll, if I had time, I'll speak a little bit about the Sol, but I'll focus on Brazilian situation. Uh, and I'll begin our analysis of the situations in three points. The situation of the Lula government, uh, the far right camp, which is opposed to Lula, and the radical left, which is mostly the eco socialist camp and the Fourth International. Well, to start, I'll talking about the curate government. We need to understand the nature and political line of the PT, the Workers' Party, a party that had a very combative character in this, its early years um, and was a, a novelty in the political um, figure because the, he was a very combative and he was bringing working class to the party and to the center of the politics in the country. Uh, however, long before it came to a federal power, the party went through a process of deep bureaucratization, which is, was accentuated uh, 
uh, during the Lula and Dilma's governments. There was uh, in 2003 uh, until 2016 governments. The PT's first government were marked by a focus on a real increase in the minimum wage, a major hallmark of a high impact social policies contrasted with compliance with the new liberal plan initiated by his previous president, Fernando Henrique Cardoso, which is so-called commodities boom. Uh, it's a uh, high, high prices of the commodities, uh, especially during Lula's second and terms and Dilma's first between 2007 and 2012. Uh, on, on the one hand, minimum income public policies such as Bolsa Familia, the expansion of universities, the creation of full-time schools, institutes, among others, were associated with the continued deindustrialization, deindustrialization and reprimarization of the country economy. Uh, as long as we, we had uh, economic growth, we also had uh, a more uh, economy uh, turning to a uh, to first category of products like uh, agriculture products and oil and and minerals and all all the things that are very that are not have a, a lot of value uh, inside of this product and that in is and uh, as PT government and economy of Brazil was growing, uh, at the same time he was uh, getting weaker in the in the international market. The so-called new we call new colonial reversal reached its peak in so-called left wing and so-called develop developmentalist governments. Privatizations followed, such as the pre-South reserves, and reindustrialization did not mean a reduction in the predatory aspect of the Brazilian states and production in Brazil. The major sector that was strengthened uh, was agribusiness and extractive production, which is just as predatory, if not more so than factories. Not to mention that today it is practically practically impossible not to talk about agroindustry and the, as a result, factory also operating strongly in the rural, rural sector. When commodities lost strength on the international markets, mainly due to the rise of the oil prices and the slowdown of the Chinese economy, a new working class lived in Brazil from two, 2013 onwards, had higher purchasing power, but with economic crisis of these years, they began to repudiate the to, to, uh, uh, to repulse a novelty in Brazil, uh, to repulse the, the, govern, the Lula government. And as many, of their gains were taken away, whether through 
job losses, loss of purchasing power, or urban violence. Parallel to this uh, major corruption scandal involving the state oil company Petrobras further eroded Dilma's Rousseff image, the president at the time, and the result was the rise of a far-right opposition to the PT, which extended to all left-wing agendas, and such as the defense of gender equality, sexual diversity, the fight against sexism and racism, and the defense of social, social justice as a whole, the environmental agenda would, would also be fought against in this year, especially the, by co-founders of the PT. And added to, to this scenario of new fascist rise in the world, highlighted by the election of Donald Trump in 2016, we had uh, the electoral victory of Jerry Bolsonaro, an ex-military nostalgic from the Brazilian civil military dictatorship who adopted practically all the banners of the current extreme right. He adopted a series of denialisms, climatic, historical, uh, uh, and scientific negationists, and attacked all minorities, and in Brazil, black and indigenous people are not are, are the majority, by the way, and forward what we call a neutral liberal, a ultra liberal policy, which huge, which demands a huge cuts in social spending and more ra radical adoption of freedoms, neoliberalism. With the poor management of the pandemic, which was has caused hundreds of thousands of deaths, and the release of Lula from prison, Bolsonaro lost the 2022 elections by a small margin. The events of 2023 can therefore only be understood in the context of these last few decades. As faithful as he, he was to a proposal to reduce the social hole of the bourgeois state as a negligent and opportunistic as he was a gender equality agenda, the reduction of the purpose whole of the capitalism economy in environmental destructions, as, as much as the PT attacked workers' rights, nothing compared to Bolsonaro's aggressive agenda in the various spheres of government action in favor of a barbaric, barbaric project for Brazil. So as worse than was Lula and Dilma in his gov their governments, yeah. uh, Bolsonaro far, was far worse. And the reasons we, we all already said it. In the, in it, is in this context that one of the first measures of Lula's third term was the approval of what we call fiscal framework, that's, uh, that's economics framework, an economic plan that links the government's social investment with inflation and economic growth. Uh, so if the, the country doesn't grow, uh, we can expand more 
in the social areas, in social areas like education, health, and so on. And his proposal was widely approved in, in Congress, a power dominated by Bolsonaro's former allies, Christians, fundamentalists, rural, ruralists, and far-right leaders. The political cause of this, the support of ultra-conservative congressmen in this increased presence in the executive branch. So uh, we call the coalition government in Brazil that we uh, we have a lot of negotiations of positions in the governments, and we we uh, and the presidents give a lot of positions to to have uh, support in in in, uh, in laws in laws that that will help his plans of government, and in addition to taking over small portfolios such as the the sports ministry who is known as the central which is a middle way but it's not a in a good sense uh once control the states uh of state banks like cash economica more important ministers like such as health and uh, to increase their autonomy in the distribution of parliamentary amendments to the annual state budget. This is a major uh, way to, to get a support from congressmen. That's it's uh, we call parliamentary amend amendments to the annual state budget. We the, the, the parliamentary can uh, change some of the budgets uh, in the in the annual budget budget and help. Uh, some of their uh, base of support in in their own states. That's a major uh, ne negotiation. The right wing allies of the new Lula government are also celebrating the new growth acceleration program, which includes various fossils full exploration projects such as the attempt to explore the territory near the mouth of the Amazons of the Rainforest River uh, in the Amapá region, after a lot, a lot of pressure from Lula, Ibama, which is the country's environmental watchdog, uh, didn't give in the, a veto that the continuation of research into future oil exploration in this region, which is expected to begin around 2013, 30, the year in which the world should be fading out of the use of fossil fuels. Also celebrating Lula's first appointment of, to the Supreme Court was lawyer Cristiano Zania, Zanin, who was part of the president's defense team when he was imprisoned by the car wash operation. Although he played an important role in unmasking Sergio Moro partiality, which was the judge at that time of this operation, his first positions on the court shows a conservative bias. There is a lot of pressure from social movements 
for Lula's next appointment to, to be a black woman, which is likely to be heard. And the most likely name is that the current minister of the justice, justice minister, which is Flavio Gino. And after the failed attempt at a military coup on January the 8th, Brazilian fascist Bolsonarism continues with an offensive that we can call guerrilla, which is a faction uh, war. At this point, the PSOL and the parliamentary caucus have been protagonists in the resistance of these uh, attacks, defending the MST, the, the No Land Movement, and uh, in the parliamentary inquiry that they are suffering, uh, guarantees women's reproductive rights and suffering direct attacks, especially on female leaders, are female leaders such as Conrad, Samia Bonfim, Talia Petroni, and Bella Gonçalves. Between death threats and barbarities such as corrective rape, uh, the scenario has prompted a campaign in defense of our human leaders called They Stay. Allies, uh, allies continue. Allies sagging. Uh, the damage caused by the fiscal framework has not yet been felt by the masses of Brazilian workers. But already this year, the lack of a salary increase for civil servants in the failure to comply with the salary floor for health professionals exemplifies the government's approach over the next three, three years and a half years uh, with the working class, for the working class. Uh, the damage caused by the fiscal, uh, for all these reasons, we, in this eco-socialist rebellion, part of peaceful opposition, are against participating of, of the government Lula. We are not opposing to government Lula, but we are not participating of this government. And we are thought that PSOL as a whole was independent too of government. Understanding that uh, eco-socialist struggle is an, emergen an emergency, we cannot wait for conditions to improve so that we, call, we can fight the climate transition. We, can, we need to contain all the fascists in Brazil, as we did by repudiating the intent coup on the January 8th and acting forcefully in this uh, inquiry parliamentary commission on this event. However, it is Lula's government itself that by associating with part of this extreme right, strengthens them and allows them to, to prepare for a future counter-attack. And uh, this is, was my first presentation, and I, I wanted to respond a little bit about the resistance, comrades, about something you're a few minutes over, but I'll give you if you wanted to get take your take yes. one more minute just to wrap up. I can give you that. Just and a, then you just can come in, in the in discussion. Yes, of course. In the beginning, uh, I think uh, it was me saying that 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 resistance did not support Lula at first time. I think it's the most 
most uh, honest say, things to say is that uh, resistance and PTL opposed uh, to the debate of the uh, electoral tactics of 2022. And we are just wanted to discuss that. And about Lula's go government participation, it is not a sector. It's not a sector that supports participation in the federal government on PSOL. But the majority supported by resistance, the majority supported by resistance, it, that's is including the new party president, new party's president, uh, Paula Coraggi, who has spoken in all the press about her support and the participation of PSOL in Lula's government. That was the, the, the position that resistance was in favor and uh, not, not the, the, the position of independence that are our position. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And we do have time for discussion as well. And I do, I do, I'm sorry to cut it off. It's just that um, we're a little bit, we're running a little bit behind um, schedule, but we have time as well for, and for speakers to come back in as well and to have a bit of interaction. Um, just, uh, I'll bring in myself now um, uh, to talk a little bit about some of the, my own observations at the Congress. So first of all, in the Congress, uh, the, uh, the two main blocks, I think, became clear. Um, there's the PTL, which is the clear majority with about two thirds of the, the votes at the Congress. Uh, um, and there is the what was called the left block as a militant minority with about one third of the vote. Um, within each block, uh, there was different tendencies. And I'm going to try to put up a share screen here in the vague hope that this extra bit of technology doesn't fail us. I'll share this for a little bit for people interested in these sorts of things. Um, so within each of those two big blocks, there was different tendencies, um, which hopefully you can see there if I make that smaller, that might work. Um, no, I, never mind. I'll do, leave it at that. There was different. So for the PTL majority, um, the part, they see the party is divided uh, between those who understand the threat of the far right and those who don't. Uh, um, they argue that the, as I understood it, that the left block has been slow to realize how serious the threat of fascism is and that they risk aiding the far right by focusing on opposing the Lula government. Um, PTL is led by PESOL Popular, an alliance which includes two big organizations that you'll see there, uh, Primavera Socialista, who have been part of the leadership of the party since its foundation and the newer Revolution Solidaria, uh, um, uh, uh, um, yeah, which is closely aligned with Guillermo Bolos, uh, um, Bolos is considered by some a possible future heir to Lula, having won his endorsement in the run for mayor of the most important city, Sao Paulo, uh, uh, next uh, next uh, year. And in within PTL, there's the left wing block called Sementia there, in which uh, our speaker from Resistencia is part of. Uh, um, uh, Sementia succeeded in pushing. I'm going to stop sharing screen now. Well, actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it for a while. Sementia succeeded in pushing for Peace Hall to not join. Um, Lula's government and to call uh, and they, they would within PTL they would call for criticisms of the PT when needed uh, um, however along with their allies in the PTL block they see Lula as a, a uniquely popular figure able to challenge Bolsonarismo uh, um, and they would emphasize the importance of united fronts with the PT and with Lula um, while there are debates within the PTL on the precise balance of collaboration and criticisms 
they are united in seeing representatives like Bolos uh, uh, as key to winning support from the PT to the PTL, uh, to, to, sorry, to PSOL. Uh, um, so for the left bloc at uh, uh, Congress, the core issue of Congress was the, the need for independence from Lula, uh, um, from the Lula government, uh, uh, and to appeal to those workers and poor people who are not Bolsonarists, but who are sceptical of the PT. Um, they believe that more and more people are likely to grow frustrated with Lula and his coalition with the right wing, with right wing individuals and parties um, as they manage the capitalist system uh, that is in crisis. Um, while they support United Front work and alliances with the PT, they emphasize the need for independent socialist messaging within that. And they criticize Pesol for not doing this uh, um, and instead blurring the lines with PT. Um, in particular, the left bloc, bloc warned of a, a slow drift into joining the, the Lula government. Um, within that left bloc, there's a minority that argued that the first error by PSOL was the decision not to suspend Minister uh, Sonia Guajara uh, um, from the rights and responsibilities of PSOL membership um, while she is a minister in the, the PT government, uh, um, the Lula government, sorry. Uh, however, the largest group um, within the left bloc, which is called MES, they defend that decision as an exceptional circumstance, given the significance of having a ministry for indigenous peoples. Uh, um, uh, so, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't explain that enough. The, uh, Lula invited uh, Sonia um, to form a ministry for indigenous peoples, the first time in history of Brazil that that would uh, 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 take place. Uh, um, and... Uh, uh, it was agreed as an exceptional circumstance that she'd be allowed, uh, that she'd be, she'd do that because it would help uh, uh, advocate for Indigenous rights, but that she, it was agreed that she shouldn't be suspended from the rights or responsibilities of membership um, uh, of PESOL whilst she is a minister. Um, sorry, I didn't explain that enough, but yeah. So they would argue that the, the MES would, within the left bloc, argue that this should be the only exception uh, um, and that PESOL should more consistently oppose measures from Lula, such as the recent uh, uh, tax changes. Uh, and I'm going to stop sharing there. So I don't have time to go into the recent tax changes, uh, um, which was, but it, it was a debate at, at Congress. Um, uh, uh, others are free to come in on it. Um, and it was one of the few which saw um, the mayors and the left bloc uh, uh, deputies um, leading a left opposition to those tax changes, whilst the uh, uh, majority of PESOL uh, uh, deputies supported uh, um, them. Uh, uh. But I, I don't have time to go into it too much. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is one of the concrete issues that emerged at, at Congress as well, was the debate over election strategy for 2024. So next year, there's a series of, of, of local and state uh, elections, which will be an important um, arena uh, of debate. Uh, um, yeah, uh, within that, there was two different resolutions. The PTL, the majority, emphasised the primary aim in those elections is to stop uh, the far right building alliances with the left and centre-left parties to do so. And their resolution said that any coalition with parties that supported Bolsonaro or defend neoliberalism were generally prohibited, but they allowed exceptions to that rule uh, um, if you had the agreement of the National Directorate. Uh, the left bloc uh, opposed that possibility of local alliances with right-wing parties, um, but supported the idea of alliances with left and centre-left parties, emphasising that PASOL should also put forward radical socialist demands of their own, e even when in those uh, uh, alliances. Um, and in that debate about the uh, alliances for next year, uh, Resistencia, the we were speaking here, the largest group within the Cementia bloc, uh, did, didn't support the PTL resolution, um, 
they because they opposed the idea of alliances with right wing parties. However, they also explained that they didn't support the left bloc resolution as it left open the possibility of alliances with the uh, misnamed center left parties and Democratic Labour Party and Brazilian Socialist Party. Um, every party in Brazil seems to be called something socialist. And they said that that was still left open in the left block resolution, so they abstained in that vote. Um, uh, the other debate that I want to touch on, um, but a little bit, just to give a flavour of, uh, um, was the, the final session, uh, which proved most controversial, debates over the division of key positions within the party apparatus, which spilled over into a physical confrontation and, and, and violence, as some comrades may have seen. Um, I won't go into detail. I'll, I'll go into more detail. I'm writing an article uh, um, report on this for the Reform and Revolution magazine and hopefully for the Rupture website as well, which will go into more on this uh, um, uh, and on all of the, the Congress. But the bottom line... Um, was that uh, since the third Congress, I believe, of P PSOL in 2011, a system has been used, which means that a simple majority of 50% uh, or more is enough to win the leadership of the party, the position of both party leader and party treasurer. So you just need a simple majority to win both of those key roles, while a, a minority of 25% or more would be enough to win the head of the party's publishing and educational institute. Um, this year, a proposal came to revert to the previous system in the parties that is in the party statutes, um, which says that actually you need a two-thirds majority in order to win all three roles. Um, uh, th this was a source of, of large controversy. Uh, um, the MES comrades called it a, a coup and warned that it risked splitting the organization. Um, I won't go into the back and forth of it, but in the end, the proposal was withdrawn uh, for this Congress. Um, and they, it was agreed to follow the same compromise as before, which means that the PESOL Popular, the, the main block, block within uh, uh, the main block, if you get me, uh, won the two key party roles. Uh, 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 they also, PESOL Popular, also won the majority on the executive board, uh, um, uh, uh, no longer needing the votes of uh, Sementia uh, um, in order to win that majority. But it also meant that MEZ uh, and the... Uh, uh, um, took the position of the, the head of the foundation. And that that was a extremely contentious uh, um, and sparked uh, uh, in and around that time, there was a, a sparked a physical confrontation um, with rival groups squaring up to each other in front of the stage and on the stage. And there's allegations, which I, I won't go into, uh, but there was allegations of pushing. And uh, I, I saw myself, a punch being thrown. Uh, um, that is all of which is now being investigated uh, by the party. Um, and is also subject of massive uh, uh, rows on social media, unfortunately, as well. Uh, um, but the reason why I do say that is that, that that investigation is likely to be itself is likely to be like a major flashpoint um, for the party in the in the months ahead. Uh, debates over the outcomes and proposals of that. Uh, uh, but there are other conflicts and debates likely, I think, within PASOL in the in the, the year ahead. Uh, Congress, in reality, only heightened the tensions, I, th I fear. Um, in particular, I think there will be continuing tensions over relations with the Lula government, um, alliances with anti-Bolsonaro, debates over should, should PASOL ally with anti-Bolsonaro parts of the right in next year's elections, um, and with the, the left bloc um, warning that a, a new majority for the PASOL Popular could bring the party closer and closer to the government, uh, um, especially, as I said, because they're no longer reliant on the Sementia uh, uh, comrades uh, for votes. Um, so I fear that far from resolving the conflicts, the likelihood is uh, that uh, this, this, the political 
the politics of this is going to be debated again uh, um, over the coming months. Um, I want to give a couple of broader personal reflections on it myself, just from the outside, but I'll have to cut this down because I'm at time. Um, so one, um, I think PESOL has managed to build a very significant party that is known in every town and city uh, and within which there is a high level of discussion uh, 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 and debate of eco-socialist ideas. And that is that is impressive. I, I want to start off with that real positive. Uh, the other positive that I'd say is that in some ways the PESOL Congress, I felt, was more politicised uh, um, than some debates in other broad left parties, uh, like the DSA or People Before Profit or others, uh, um, uh, where it was focused around the ETH tendency pr proposing key political theses rooted in developed analysis of the situation. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah. Thirdly, um, the Congress was extremely impressive, uh, um, but uh, uh, in terms of like just a venue, decorations, booklets, uh, uh, the, how well it was organized, there was a lot of uh, um, uh, uh, like the social media output and all of that was, was very Im Im impressive. Um, but uh, it is a concern that I, I, one lesson, one problem that I took from it is that all of that is apparently heavily reliant on state uh, um, finances. Uh, um, there was very little talk at the Congress, and I think there's very little like independent fundraising, uh, um, which means that uh, um, like while some tendencies in the party uh, adopt like a workers' wage policy, I, where elected representatives only take a, a workers' wage, I don't believe that's the the policy of PESOL as a whole, uh, um, and I think this. Uh, adds to a lot of the tensions uh, and within the party that like a lot of the debates are either over uh, like the funding and the use of the resources or like funding jobs and all that end up being used as sort of weapons uh, uh, in those uh, uh, debates uh, and can sort of distract a little bit from some of the, the politics of it. Um, fourthly, um, I do personally feel that while PESOL has officially agreed to remain independent of the Lula government, precisely what that means is a sort of much confusion and debate within all. Um, I attended a session for international visitors that was hosted by that minister, uh, uh, Sonia Guajara, um, and I asked her personally how she felt, uh, uh, did she feel attention being a minister in the government while her party was formerly not part of that government? And the response that I got was that PESOL are in government because I am there. Um, and I'm aware that like that is deeply controversial. Many people in the majority in PESOL do not agree with that sentiment as well. Um, but it just shows that there's this confusion that I feel is uh, um, allowing different wings to come up with an awkward compromise, allowing different wings to have different uh, um, interpretations um, uh, uh, of what's going on. Uh, um, and... Yeah, um, and I think that is a danger because the party could end up tied up in knots if controversial issues emerge. Uh, um, like if, if, if Lula brings in controversial policies and the, the PESOL could be tied up in lots as to whether you oppose or support this and could end up ceding the opposition to those to the, to the right. Uh, um, and then that's the final thing that I wanted to say is that like, there's a lot of talk about the fear of the far right. And sometimes I feel like that can be overplayed. The, the left can cry wolf on the imminent threat of fascism, but I do not think that's the case. Uh, I think that for those of us in Europe or in the US, uh, um, there, the, the threat of the far right, the threat of, uh, of military dictatorship or whatever is far higher in Brazil than, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, um, so the strength of the far right, their militias, their military supporters uh, um, is way beyond anything I think that we'd see in the US or the EU. A military coup and dictatorship is a definite possibility in the decade ahead um, and fighting that threat is crucial and I think that does mean United Front work uh, um, 
and uh, within that ensuring that there is a militant socialist alternative to the government to be a pole of attraction um, as capitalism's crises deepen. Um, there is an inevitable contradiction, I think, between Lula's coalition, which involves right-wing politicians, big business and an alliance with capitalism in reality, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, the desires of workers, women, indigenous and young people for a decent quality of life. And I think the clash between those two um, could fuel further crises and massive shifts in Brazilian politics, possibly to the right or possibly to the left. And that future is, is unwritten. OK, I went on too long as well, which seems to be the theme of uh, the evening. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm going to switch over now to Sophia uh, from Bread and Roses DSA to, to speak about her. And then we'll open it up for questions, comments and discussion. discussion. Sorry about that. Sophia. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I was really struck by a lot of the similarities in terms of the debates. Uh, within the Brazilian left and, and within the American left. One big question right now in, in my organization is how we fight the right. I think everyone agrees the, the right is a threat uh, to humanity and is very pressing, but um, a big question is how we go about doing that um, and, and how we do so in a way that maintains our independence um, and, and doesn't get sort of absorbed uh, in the center left. I think though, as, as similar as the situations are, they, they are different and Keon uh, spoke to that, right? Brazilian democracy is, is much younger. Uh, the threat of a dictatorship is very real in Brazil. And I think the Bolsonaro presidency was worse for the average Brazilian than I think the Trump presidency was for the average American. 700,000 Brazilians died of COVID uh, because of Bolsonaro's uh, 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 presidency and his inability to, to take care of the problem. Um, I think um, in the course of the convention, it was very clear to me that there were two blocks. I think there were plenty of differences within within the blocks. Um, and I know we have groups on this call who were on both sides of those blocks. Uh, but for me, the convention boiled down really into two sides. Um, one side, which was um, saying that uh, fighting the right is, is the number one priority of PISOL um, and that PISOL needs to become a base of, of Lula's presidency. And then you had a left block uh, that argued that yes, we must fight the right, um, but that has to be done through independence from Lula and from the center left. And that's very different from saying, um, uh, they wanted to oppose Lula. I, I don't think that's the orientation, but they want independence um, uh, from Lula. Um, and I, I felt uh, very moved by those arguments, um, and uh, is, especially in the in the context of of DSA. And I think the the situation in the United States is is very similar. Trump was able to build a following. Uh, out of frustrations with the neoliberal center 
capitalizing on a sense of an anti-establishment feeling in the United States uh, that the left of the U.S. left a vacuum for, for the right to capitalize on. And that's that's very similar in Brazil. I, I, I heard from a comrade who comes from the ABC region of Sao Paulo. Uh, that's where um, Lula comes out of, an industrial kind of heartland of, of auto workers, metal workers. And that's um, where the party sort of grew from. And he was talking about how his family members were initially very much Pitta supporters, but watching them over time move over to, to Bolsonaro. Um, and I think that's, um, for me, that that shows um, why it is so important. I think they were drawn to those positions because of that kind of anti-establishment feeling um, and, and frustrations with a Pitta government that that was, was quite neoliberal. Um, and I think that we can take a lot of examples in, in the United States from um, uh, a certain like fighting the right through political independence of, of leaders. Like I, I was very moved by Samia Bonfim, who was uh, voted you know, the most popular congressperson in the country coming from one of the most right-wing states in Brazil who campaigned for Lula in the election um, but as, as someone mentioned before, her and some other comrades, they, they voted down on the PT's very, um, you know, neoliberal tax reform that was put forward by, uh, by Fernando Haddadji. Um, and, um, you know, at the same time, still fighting the right and, and leading um, the movement and government to protect the landless workers movement. Um, so... I think that's really important. Um, and one one kind of criticism or um, one point that I did hear from comrades who were on the opposite side of the debate was, you know, we need to become closer to Lula. We need to become closer to Pete uh, because Lula has this base. In, in social movements, in unions, which is which is absolutely true. I, I think that the PITA is more embedded in, in the working class than, than a party like PESOL. Um, however, um, I, th I think that the example uh, of Samia Bonfim shows that you can build solidarity with movements like the MST, which is a lot closer to PITA, not necessarily by you know completely aligning yourself with Lula, um, but really getting involved um, in 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 struggles with them and a kind of solidarity from below. And and for me that was really important for thinking about the situation in in the United States because here um, a lot of unions um, and and social movements um, are are very tied to the Democratic Party in the United States. Um, and there is an argument um, against becoming too independent um, of the Democratic Party that says, well, we don't want to alienate ourselves um, from these social movements, from these unions, um, by distancing ourselves from the from the Democratic Party. And, and I think that um, these examples show that that 
that's not true and that you can um, create the solidarity from below. Um, so those were some of the key lessons that that I um, that I think I took away um, from from the Congress. How much time do I have left, Keon? Sorry, I haven't been. You're only at six minutes, so. I'm only at six minutes. Take another two or three uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, what else can I say? Um, I think PISOL remains a really important poll in the Brazilian left. It's the second largest left party um, in the country after PT. Uh, and I think that um, it's very important that it, it remain this poll. Um, I am concerned about, I think, the direction that that the party is is moving towards. I think it, it was very clear it moved. It's moving further to the right and and into a, a center left um, uh, kind of direction. Um, I was also very concerned by um, uh, some of the kind of bureaucratic maneuvering that I was seeing, um, a proposal being put right before convention with no um, discussion beforehand, completely changing um, the uh, the voting system in the party um, to kind of push out the a lot of the left from PASOL was, um, was really concerning uh, uh, to me. I think one of the strengths of PASOL uh, is how um, uh, it, are the caucuses. I know that it can make the, the party kind of messy sometimes. And Keon spoke to, you know, the fist fight that erupted and so forth. But I think overall, um, it's kind of multi-tent nature, um, makes it a very vibrant party, a much more democratic party, and um, and I, I'm I'm concerned to see these attempts to to sort of to limit that, um, and um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly what happened to Pete. I think um, you know at this point it's it's very much controlled by Lula's caucus. You know, a lot of decisions are getting made, um, you know, behind the scenes and closed doors and then getting rubber stamped at these conventions. And so um, I I really um, want to see a, a, a piss all that remains independent and that remains um, uh, multi-tendency, I, th I think, is, is, is important um, for, for the health of the organization. Uh, so I'll leave it there. Thank you, um, and thanks for staying, being the only one to, well, no, actually, that's not true. Jelinda uh, also stayed on time. Uh, um, uh, okay, so we're, I'll open it up to the floor. Um, sorry to everybody for things going a little bit over, uh, um, but we do, I, I think it is important to try to give space as well for people. First of all, maybe what I might do is ask if people have genuine questions, uh, um, like there's a, particularly I, I take those questions and then bring in people to answer them. Um, and then we will have space for, for, for contributions as well. Um, so, Mark, if you want to ask your question, and then while Mark is speaking, if you have a question, just raise your hand. Um, yeah, Mark, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm just um, 
Um, my question is about um, something that happened a few months ago where a senator from the state of Amapas, um, Senator uh, Rodriguez, who was in the um, Hiji coalition, um, he resigned after um, Ibama uh, declined um, uh, the request from Petrobras uh, to drill in the Amazon River Basin. Uh, he's on the left, of course, and uh, his reason is that without this uh, drilling project, or this drilling project would have been an economic boon to the state of Amapas, which from what I understand is one of the poorest states in Brazil. Um, so I'm just curious, what is your, um, what do you think Pessoal's solution to this should be? Because, um, you know, Brazil is a country that depends a lot on commodity exports, you know, as well as exports of meat, uh, oil development. So how can Brazil uh, continue to develop and bring economic prosperity to people um, by, um, by canceling uh, these energy projects and these developments? And more specifically, what should the message be to people in places like Amapas? Um, does Vinicius or Janinda, do you want to, is anybody able to answer that question directly? Vinicius, you want to take that? Yes. Thank you. More or less. So, uh, what's your name again? Sorry. It's Mark. It's Marcus. Mark. Is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Marcus, Marcus, but I usually go by is Mark, it? yeah. So, so, Randolph was in favor of the oil exploration exploration in in Amapaz, which is in the rainforest region. It is not definitely is not a project was was definitely defeated. Uh, it just was uh, put down by Obama, which is the the fiscalization organ, and and in your opinion, it's not it's not about the solution of uh, economic situation of Brazil. Whereas Brazil should have another ways to 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 product the product another uh, products, and but Brazil is also the one of the major countries in the world. With the uh, who has the the greatest potential of exploiting clean energies, and that's how we we answer this this question. We wanted to Brazil ask the whole world to not exploit it, uh, oil reserves and yes, the clean energies, which is. Uh, very much uh, great potential that economical potential that also Brazil's have the, the discussion that is the eco-socialist discussion is always uh, turned to to dirtiest economics that says oh oh what we gonna do with the economics but they they don't did not explore the economical potentiality of clean energy and a clean society, which is not just uh, economical for right now, the present, 
situation, but the, for the future and the the not far future, the just right away future, and that's that's our opposition to the world of. We we also uh, have to this uh, mark that uh, the other leader of the same party of Handolfi, which is Marina Silva, is the environmental minister, and he, she opposed to Handolfi. She opposed to Handolfi supported Obama, and uh, Handolfi did only this this speech because he saw Amapa and he was populist. He was being a populist in this situation, not far from that. Okay. Um, Bruno, do you want to go ahead there? Do you, do you want a question or do you want to come in with your... We can open it up for a contribution as well if you want. It's, hi, comrades. It's, it's, not, it's not a question. It's a, a comment. I don't know if it's now or after. Yeah, go for it. There's no other questions. So we'll open it up for for comments now. If anybody else has a comment, feel free to raise your hand. Unless okay. Paul's... Anyway, yeah, go ahead, Bruno. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you... I'll tell you when you're at three minutes. Uh, um, Perfect. Perfect. Have, I, I will be. I'm sorry, uh, Marcos. Did, did I answer you? Did you? Did I answer your, your question? Uh yeah, you did. Um, you said your name was uh, Vinicio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you answered my question. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Bruno. Thanks. You have the floor. Sorry. Okay. No, very shortly, comrades. I'm Bruno. I'm from a socialist left movement of PSOL, Miss, that Kian are talking about before. I think the, the question in PSOL, within PSOL, uh, it's about the bureaucratization of the party uh, facing a new government, because uh, the situation, the Brazilian situation changed. We are not now not in a, a far, uh, far right government. We are in a in a social liberal government, but also a bourgeoisie government. Then Lula made a lot of uh, uh, measures, uh, liberal measures, austerity measures in the last uh, governments, but in this government too. And but there is a huge pressure uh, on PSOL because as we were part of the victory, of the important democratic victory against the Bolsonaro, and as we have today a majority that supports to join the government, because, well, we have two blocks in PSOL, and the, the majority block, the All Struggles uh, block, that uh, Resistência and the Cement, the Centrum of the party, are part today, um, but the majority of this bloc, they, they defend with all the words to join the, the government. The answer that uh, Sonia Guajajara, the minister, uh, gave to, to Kian is a proof. We have a lot of proofs. And even the comrades from Cementi that said that we need to, 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 to take independence from the government, they strongly defend that we need to be basis and supporters of the government. And so this is a, a very contradiction for us this is part of the uh, uh, the pressures of the capitalist regime that we are facing our party because our party are growing. Our party is now an alternative for uh, the important part of the left in Brazil. <laughs> but this process we face in PSOL in the whole uh, uh, Congress uh, 
construction in the initial debates in the meetings in the meetings of the to elect the, the, the delegates for the Congress we face a huge pressure of the state within our party if we take Amapa the state that mark quotes in Amapa we have two percent of the population of the party are affiliated from Pessoal, but nobody knows because uh, a politician from this state used the the part the the lists of the the affiliated and it's a huge part of the all struggles pessoal was from Amapá the, the of delegates in Belém do Pará we have a mayor from pessoal and this mayor uses all the uh, city hall uh, machine to organize meetings and affiliate people from pessoal that was not part of active was not a uh, pessoal activists <laughs> they was they were not not part of this party so we are facing a huge pressure of the bourgeoisie against our party and we felt this this pressures in a lot of uh, initiatives that pessoal has had in this year the vote for the tax reform. It was a, a vote with the bourgeoisie. It was the same tax reform that Bolsonaro proposed in the, in the, the last year. And Pessoal vote for, voted for. Um, if we thought about, if we think about, well, today Pessoal don't say, no, there's no declaration yet on, about uh, that Pessoal declaration about the Palestinian situation because there is a, a a, a tri tricky problem of Bolos because São Paulo has a huge Jewish community, so he can't uh, talk about it. If you see the the pessoal social networking, there's nothing about the the Palestine, <laughs> and I think it's important to say that uh, we from this we defend uh, independence against uh, on the government we are not uh, against the government but the real independence it could not to be an independence that are always supporting the government with no criticism uh, on Lula we, we if, if you take the social networks I think this is the the best way to to make the, the, the real analysis. No, no, okay. okay to finish we never you don't see any criticism about Lula any criticism so to the population and in the concrete uh, meaning of the the things pessoal are part of the Lula government and with this new majority in the next year pessoal will join absolutely in Lula's government and the comrades will, will say not too much because they are very linked with Bolos in the compromise of the next elections in Sao Paulo this is the the key to understand the pessoal internal situation Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, what I might do, I don't. We don't have a huge amount of hands, so I could bring people back in now on that. But what I might just do is bring Paul in. Maybe there's space for one other person, and then uh, to come in or ask questions, and then we might. I, I might give the in the speakers who introduce things a chance to reply. Then, um, if that's okay. Okay. Is Juan still here by any chance? Has he gone? So I'm going to switch you. Where are you gone, Juan? I'm going to switch you to being Portuguese, English. Oh, no, I've already. Uh, I, I, I think I think it's Jenlinda in particular. 
and I think it should work now. Um, I think I've switched it. So I'll bring in Paul to ask the question, and then we'll see. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Gian, um, and thanks in particular to the Brazilian comrades for the information, um, but also the struggles that you were involved in, um, which seem very difficult over the last years. Um, yeah, I, I, something interesting for me in watching what has been happening in Brazil is some of the potential parallels that can exist in Ireland in the coming years, obviously with, with differences, but some essential similarities, which is that after the next election, it is quite likely, uh, it's, it's very possible that we will have a government that is led by Sinn Féin, that is elected uh, on the basis of people's wishes, working class people's wishes for a break with the establishment, for a turn to the left, um, and a government that the socialist left will vote for, allow them to be become prime minister, to have ministries, but a government that the socialist left will not join because it will not be a government of rupture with capitalism. It'll be a government very much committed to managing capitalism in, in Ireland. Um, but we also now, which is a new phenomenon for Ireland, have the rise of the far right. And there's definitely a very big danger that one of the main avenues of opposition to the next government can be the far right that people can see, oh, it's a left government and it's a left government that is failing me and the far right is able to, to grow on that basis. And I think we will have an important challenge. I mean, firstly, we need to get, ensure that the socialists left is elected in parliament uh, and so that there's a clear national poll to the left of the government and that explains the failures of the government as being the consequence of managing capitalism as opposed to allowing too many migrants to come into the country or whatever the far right will will say um, but then assuming we achieve that uh, or even if we don't um, we'll still have a challenge of on the one hand forming where necessary united fronts which in fain against the far right but also maintaining a clear position of independence from the, the government, which obviously that's the, the essential dilemma that the comrades in Basal are, are grappling with. Um, now, like at the moment, we have a government of two right-wing parties and the, the Green Party. Um, and we and People Before Profit lead a big, successful united front against the far right. We've put tens of thousands of people onto the streets in protests. And the Green Party wants to join the United Front, they try and speak at the protests, and we have a very simple answer. We, we argue within all the coalitions we're involved in, we say no, no force from the government can be involved in these United Fronts because the government is, it implements racist policies and the Green Party is a part of, of that and they're responsible for the housing crisis, um, not protecting people from inflation, from the things that the far right is able to, to feed off and to use and to blame migrants for. And, and within the left, it's a very simple argument and we can win 
within the anti-racist layers, no, the Green Party should not speak. It would undermine our movement against racism and the, the far right. Um, but obviously, if Sinn Féin is in power and continue to have a significant base of support amongst working class people, I mean, now Sinn Féin is the biggest party amongst the working class by like a lot. It's the biggest party, you know, well over 50% amongst working class uh, people. And I get the sense from Brazil that among, for Lula, it's it's similar. Then it's not so simple as just saying, no United Front, you can't be in it. If they have a base of support, we want to try to mobilize it. We want to be involved in, in mobilizations together against the far right. Um, but still the question of independence from the government is going to be essential because if you just look like you're part of the government and your united front against the far right looks like a defense of the government, um, well, then you can be creating, you know, you could be losing support in the working class who was suffering the policies from the, the government. Um, so, like, I have two questions. One question is about this question of the, the ministerial position. Um, so in Ireland, you know, there's a scenario whereby people before profit one of our MPs could be offered, oh, you can have a ministry for immigration or LGBT, LGBTQ rights or whatever. Like, it, certainly in an Irish scenario, it's impossible to conceive of agreeing to that and you not being seen as entering the government. It's just, if you have a member of your party who's in the government, how are you not in the government? So I'm just interested in like, like how does that work? Like, how is it ever conceived that it was possible to have a minister in the government and not to become associated with the unpopular things that the government does and undermine your own independence? And I understand like the significance, you know, the first uh, ministry for indigenous people, et cetera. And like, I understand the comrade has a, you know, a long campaigning record, all those special factors. But was that not an important point to take a stand at there and say, we understand, but it's not possible to still be a member because then our party doesn't look like an independent party from the government. There's one question. The second question is is more of a practical um, question, which is just, um, it seems in the different parties, like People for Profit, the DSA, PASAL, the Linke, to different degrees, the kind of different parts of the, the broad tent, the tendencies or caucuses or networks, like we say in People Before Profit, have different levels of independent profile. So in, in Ireland, RISE, I mean, we do 90%, 95% of our work as People Before Profit. We produce a magazine, we produce a podcast, we have a website, but the vast majority of our public work is done as People Before Profit. And then we participate in debates within People Before Profit about what what to argue just so wrap up. just a practical question of like what percentage of mass's work or resistencia's work or rebellio ecosocialista how much is as resistencia or mes or rebellio ecosocialista versus how much is is pasal what's the the dynamic there thank you thank you okay so um i'm going to take i'm going to close that now i'm going to take miranda philip and then we'll move to responses i'm going to give and Linda, all the questions have been largely, so I'm going to give her extra time. Uh, um, the other speakers, that if they do want to respond and stuff and uh, say some lattice comments, that'll be, that's okay as well, but uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, so Miranda and then Philip, and then we'll move to close this off. Obrigado pelo convite. 
First of all, thank you for the invitation. There's not much time left, so let's go straight to the reflection. And I'd like to answer or help try to make an answer or clarification to Paul's questions. Yes, Paul? Firstly, obviously, the united front in unity with the extreme right, which is a priority, as Comrade Guy said, we always say the razor's edge, the possibility of an error in tactics, succumbing to opportunistic pressures or succumbing to leftist pressures. It is always posed in the class struggle. But look, the fight that the resistance carried out, for example, in December last year, against a resolution that any militant, even before Lula took office, that any PSOL activists who entered the government should take a leave of absence and step down from any party leadership position. And while we know that the Lula government cannot fail, in quotation marks, because the extreme right is very strong with a huge social presence. Therefore, defeating what we call Bolsonarism or the extreme right as a mass current and the Lula government is under heavy attack from the far right on every issue. But look, the difficulties, Paul. First, right at the beginning of government, PSOL launched a candidate for the presidency of the federal chamber against the PT candidate, who was Arthur Lira, linked to a group that we call Central de Burgesia Physiologica, parties that support any government for physiologismo, we launched Congressman Chico Alencar. In the fiscal framework rules, which in Brazil we call it the fiscal framework, people voted against the government. At the same time, in various positions of attack by the extreme right, people have always positioned themselves, both in the class struggle and in parliaments, against the attacks of the extreme right or in measures, even if they were palliative, small reforms, voted in favor of the government. Of course, it's hard to understand because for the masses, the comrade before me is right. It seems that the staff are part of the government. They look like, 
But that doesn't match reality and the facts. But at the same time, we are aware of this, which is why the resolutions that the resistance voted in the grassroots plenary sessions and in the plenary session of the 8th National Congress of the PSOL has always been based on the demarcation of class independence, even if sectors of the PTL have a different view of the resistance. The question is the location of people in the United Front in unity against the extreme right and demarcating at the same time the question of class independence. Finally, at the People's Congress that several comrades cited here, we, the resistance, abstained from an important resolution, which was the resolution of the electoral tactics for next year. And why did we abstain? Because both the electoral tactics of PTL's two majority currents, Solidarity Revolution and Spring, and the resolution supported by the opposition bloc, defended by the MES, left open the possibility of electoral coalitions with bourgeois parties. We, the resistance, abstained and gave an explanation of the vote. It's even interesting that one sector, the state of Bahia, who supported the slate of opposition bloc, led by a fellow named Franklin, he participates in the government of Bahia, and in his defense he said that he didn't see a difference in the plenary session of the Congress between the resolutions presented by the opposition bloc and the PTL without the resistance. I mention these facts first because the situation is more complex. The struggle for unity, the correlation of forces in the Brazilian society is more complex in the world too, as Guy rightly determined. And what drives us fundamentally, it's this hierarchy that Comrade Guy put forward. Hierarchy is unity and struggle, and that is the first priority against neo-fascism, against the extreme right. Defending workers' rights and demands. And at the same time, present an alternative mediated by this struggle of class independence. We propose that it be the people. And finally, to conclude, Comrade Mark, the people unanimously stand, the parliamentary caucus stand against the oil extraction at the mouth of the Amazon River, and which the main dispute at the moment is in the state of Amapa. That's the position of my people, unanimous at the moment. Within the Lula government, there is a comrade Vinicius had already posted here. It's important to make note of this, Tiao. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so our last question, comment, 
uh, contribution will be from Philip, and then um, we'll figure out we'll figure out who wants to sum up. We'll give Geninda extra time, but then uh, anybody else wants to come back and say your last words. Uh, Philip? Philip? Philip, can you hear us? Yes, can you hear me now? You can hear me? Yes, okay. I can hear you. Okay, thanks. Sorry about that. Um, thank you so much for the comrades from Brazil um, and comrades who attended the Congress for giving uh, this uh, these reports. I think there's so much for uh, definitely socialists in the U.S. and I think internationally to learn from the situation in, in uh, Brazil um, where it, I've, I've never had the privilege to visit, but I followed the situation for a while and it seems clear that there is a much more developed uh, socialist movement and workers movement, a higher level of class struggle um, that um, we have much to benefit from learning from your discussions and debates. Um, and particularly the the impressive development of peace soul. Um, I have a comment slash question, which is, I think it's absolutely clear that it's correct for peace soul and for socialists in Brazil to stand in the front lines against um, to see that as a key strategic task is to fight Bolsonaro and the far right. Um, and I think it, from my perspective, I think it was correct to. Um, um, recognize the real choice in the last presidential election was between Lula and Bolsonaro and to advocate a vote on an independent uh, socialist basis, a, of a, a vote for Lula with critical support. I think that was correct. Um, and, you know, I think it was correct to also, I think PSOL and some of these debates there's been on the left in, in Brazil, I think PSOL took a correct position of opposing the right-wing effort to remove Dilma without supporting Dilma, um, or I don't know if that was PSOL's position, but my from my discussions with Brazilian comrades, I think a, 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 an intelligent position was to not support Dilma, but oppose the right-wing efforts to remove her, which led to Bolsonaro. Um, you know, I think that's all makes a lot of sense. My question uh, to the comrades from the different PSOL tendencies, and maybe particularly to the comrades from Resistencia is, I think it makes sense to give critical support to the PT um, where PSOL is not in a position to win uh, elections. Um, when, in, when in parliament, the PT puts forward proposals that um, advance the interests of workers to vote in favor of that. Um, but my question is why, what is the benefit of joining, um, having members join the, P, uh, the, the government cabinet on the federal level, but also it seems clear that I know the official peace opposition is we're not part of the government, but then you have members who do have cabinet positions, members who work in the various um, junior level positions in the in various ministries is my understanding. And then on the on the state and local level, there's also coalitions that exist. How is that necessary to oppose the far right? Can't you oppose the far right by lending support? you know, independently in parliament, lend your support to PT um, to form a government, but stand, stay outside that government, lend your support for votes when PT proposes progressive measures that workers would benefit from, 
but vote against their right-wing measures and not take responsibility by being in their in their government and maintain an independent profile um, and position to be in the strongest, to be well uh, positioned, to be able to raise, uh, be free to raise all criticisms, to mobilize social movements from below um, against when they when they try to manage capitalism, when they carry out capitalist measures, uh, to have the to have no political hesitation to be part of social movements, worker struggles uh, that will that are erupting and will inevitably erupt against the PT government. So. I know that's sort of maybe going around in circles what some of the discussion came up at the beginning, but I thought maybe it's helpful just to put that as um, point blank. The question I see is not, it's really about, it's not about do you give critical support for PT, but would you, why, what is, why join the government? Um, and uh, my question also would be for the resistancia comrades, from that perspective, why would you join with the majority block in PSOL? Um, that it seems like with all the rhetoric aside, in essence, is moving towards um, justifying increasing, increasingly merging with and joining with the PT government. Okay, so um, Sophia has had to drop off. Um, I'm only going to need one minute. To, to reply, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I'll wrap up at the end. Um, I think uh, uh, Vinicius, I'm only proposing, I've, I've asked him if he's okay with just having two or three, two, one or two minutes, two, two maybe maximum three minutes, uh, which means that I, I'll give maybe seven or eight minutes to Jeanlinda because I think a lot of the questions were directed towards you and maybe to help answer some of that. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, and then we can hopefully be, be out of here very quick. So if I pass over to you um, for, I'll, I'll tell you when you're at seven minutes. Um, Well, first, I want to go over it again. Thank you, on behalf of the resistance, for the opportunity to debate with the comrades who are present at this meeting. I'm sure that this exchange of ideas is a privilege for us. The second thing is that I want to state that due to the richness of the discussion, I'm not going to be able to summarize everything that was discussed. I'm going to list some of the themes that appeared most often in each of the speeches. So the first topic is exactly about the question of PSOL its character, how political and class independence from the government is maintained or not. So the first thing I say to everyone is about the understanding of what is common in the resistance, is that PSOL, because of its character, remembering one of the things I've said here, first of all, for us in the resistance, PSOL is a broad party formed by currents or what is used in the tradition of the 20th century to identify itself, roughly speaking, as a reformist party. 
neo-reformist in the 21st century and which we now prefer to treat as a broad party, a broad party made up of currents or more anti-capitalist parties in general. We don't understand PSOL as the strategically defined revolutionary party in our country. However, saying this does not mean not understanding and not fighting and not considering PSOL a party of great importance for the class struggle in Brazil. And PSOL's primary importance for class struggle in Brazil is that it still remains an independent party. And that it is now, particularly after its eighth Congress, suffering great pressures, great pressures from the government, great pressure from its location in parliament, and which is not immune to making mistakes from that location. So one thing is the understanding and the politics of the resistance for the class struggle in Brazil. Another thing, which is often different, is PSOL's understanding and their politics for the class struggle in Brazil. They are different things. The resistance is a current of PSOL. It is revolutionary Marxist, which PSOL is not, but some of its currents are. So this definition alone brings a great deal of differentiation between PSOL as a whole and its currents in particular. So here I'm going to refer centrally to what the resistance thinks. I even shared with everyone a document that we're going to. It's in English at the next meeting of the Fourth International on the international situation. Miranda has already referred to several of the questions we've been asked about our work in PSOL, about any of the policies we have defended, etc. And I'm not going to repeat that because it's already been said by the comrade. Bruno said that because we were composing, at the moment, an internal PSOL group called PSOL for all struggles. And we make up this camp, even at the last Congress, we were part of the slate of this camp. Although it's important to say that we didn't have the same thesis as that camp called PTL or PSOL for all struggles. The resistance was presented together with two other internal PSOL currents, insurgency and subversion, a proper thesis for Congress not agreeing with all the political positions defended by the popular PSOL camp, which is part of the PTL, right? So Bruno said that because we integrate this field, we have the position of supporting the Lula government or endorsing its policies. That's not our position. 
This is a position being debated in PSOL. This is a position brought forward by the currents that today have a majority of the PSOL leadership. Solidarity Revolution and Socialist Spring, which form the camp PSOL Popular, they advocate integration with the government. They advocate accepting government posts, but this was not the position voted for by PSOL at the last Congress. In fact, no discussion of repealing the previous resolution, which brought up the question of, and much less, about the position of the resistance. We don't think that by integrating a tactical field for the formation of PSOL's leadership, this is a sign of equality, that we have to change our strategic conception of what the revolutionaries' relationship should be with a government of class conciliation like the Lula government. We don't support class conciliation governments. We don't participate directly or indirectly in class conciliation governments because we understand that from the strategic point of view of building the socialist revolution in our country and in the world, these governments are not consequential. And history has already shown that. I don't need to repeat that here on this forum. So the resistance is not part of the Lula government, as I said here. We were called to join the Lula government in an LGBT secretariat and refused this invitation. It didn't even take much discussion within the resistance to know that we wouldn't accept that invitation, right? And that's our strategic position. Having understood Lula's candidacy as an important candidacy and the only one possible of defeating the extreme right in our country cannot be confused with the abandonment of a strategic zone of our position, right? Not supporting the government and not being part of what we, of it, that was the battle we fought within PSOL. Was it our resolution that was passed? No. A resolution mediated by PSOL was approved, which reads as follows. Comrade Sonia was invited to the government not because she was a member of PSOL. She was invited to the Lula government to be part of the Lula government because she is leader of the main indigenous organization in our country. She was also a PSOL leader, but she wasn't invited to join as a PSOL member. In fact, no PSOL member was officially invited by the Lula government to join the cabinet. Unfortunately, the resistance invitation only came from Silvio de Almeida, one of the government ministers, the Minister of Human Rights, and we refused. Sonia was invited and accepted the invitation on behalf of this organization called APIB. When she accepted the invitation, a statement was made by the majority of the PSOL leadership that we understood the acceptance of the invitation, 
that she disagreed with the acceptance of that invitation and that she would immediately leave the leadership of PSOL. and would be relieved of her PSOL duties while in government. It's a mediated position. The POU is right, and the other comrades who said that this brings confusion from the public point of view, because she has all the time said that she is a PSOL leader, all the time said that, through her, she is incorporated into PSOL, but that was, in fact, the resolution taken. And it has contradictions. It must be recognized that it has contradictions, especially in the eyes of the masses. But at the same time, there is a reaffirmation by the majority of the PSOL leadership. Believe this is unanimous among the PSOL currents, including the two who are present here, that PSOL, in order to maintain their class independence, cannot officially participate. Let's put it this way. As a party, while it is head of government. Finally, I hope I've managed to explain the position of the resistance in relation to this and the position of PSOL, at least its majority. I would like to answer Paul Murphy's question about the appearance of the resistance in the class struggle in our country. Bruno has already answered the question of the month, which 90% is through PSOL. The resistance has a broad role to play in the Brazilian class struggle. Can you? I'll conclude. I'll conclude. So the resistance interferes interferes to intervene in the class struggle in Brazil through the PSOL. Today, we are part of the national PSOL leadership. We are part of the leadership in the states of Brazil, of PSOL. We have eight PSOL parliamentarians. So this is a part of our appearance, but that is not all. We run important unions here in Brazil. For example, the strike that you saw on October 3rd in Sao Paulo, the strike of the transportation and water services, has the participation of the resistance through our leadership in the Subway Workers Union here in Sao Paulo. We were part of the leadership of unions for teachers from universities, from public services, the federal employees, and are also part of popular movements and movements against oppression so for us, our political action must be a combination of our direct intervention in the class struggle, in the struggles and the organizations of the working class, and also in the participation and political appearance as an integral part of PSOL. That's it. I'm done. And thank you all again. Thanks so much. Okay. Um... I just I thought that was useful to get some answers as well. So, uh, but we'll move on and we'll be done in five minutes. I promise. Uh, so, Vinicius, if you want to, Vinicius, if you want to say any last comments, any answers to any of the questions that came up, and then we can close the meeting. Okay. So, thank you again for the invite. You can also call me Vinny if you will. 
I, I should say that before it would be more easy to you to say my name. So uh, the first comment that I say that the soul is not part of the government is a fairy tale. It's a lie. That's not what the president of PSOL said in the next morning after Congress of PSOL. She said, PSOL remains, remains part of the, of the government, remains in Lula's government. Because he, he also, PSOL is in the government for the whole uh, term of Lula's government. There is not uh, a single doubt that that PSOL is in the government. This is this discussion that well, the, the people who are in the government is uh, apart from the directions. It, this is no use, no not important. And uh, uh, Henrique Vieira is the vice vice leader of government in the Congress and others, and others, and others. We have uh, dozens of uh, members in, of PSOL in the government. And in this, this number will, will be increased, of course, because the position of independence, independence was defeated, largely defeated, and resistance helped this defeated happen. And there's not nothing to, this is just a fact. And we all, the uh, people in, in one government, in a democratic government, can differ for the main governance position, like Mariana Silva and the, the discussion of Amapá and discussion of exploitation in rainforest. This is not an argument to say that pistol is not on the, the government. This is crazy to say that. It's impossible to say that. Of course, PSOL is in the government and resistance sign up, sign, sign up of, of this one. Maybe resistance is, on, is not on the government with this, their militants, but they supported the decision. Of course, they, they supported. And we, we not also, we are were against it, but this, but we call resistance, we call subverta, we call the cement camp, the cementic camp to, to make a, a unit, unity with us. But resistance, which is a, a group who has a position of the majority for four years, continue with the majority, even uh, with the Lula's government, becoming more rights and more rights as we're speaking. Day by day, Lula is getting worse. And now, today, he's, he's condemned uh, Hamas attacks and say nothing about Israeli apartheid. This is, this is the government that PSOL support, and you are responsible for this supporting. That is the whole truth. And this is, of course, very contradicted uh, if you are a Marxist and revolutionary and support this position. Of course, I agree. This is the one agreement that we have. And this is a contradiction that resistance has to carry on. Thank you.
Okay. Thanks so much. And thanks to everybody that has stuck around uh, um, for this. Um, obviously, this is a discussion and a debate and a challenge uh, that will continue in the weeks and months ahead uh, um, for the Commerce of Basal. Um, it is a very difficult situation that you're in and there's very serious debates to be had here and we wish you all of luck with that and the, the final thing that I'll plug is just to let people know that I should have an article in the next edition of Reform and Revolutions magazine reporting from the Congress and discussing some of these things um, and hopefully onto the uh, uh, rupture.ie website as well and I encourage people to if you're uh, in Ireland or the US or whatever, uh, to, to make sure to, to to check out those, and we'll we'll I'll send them on. I'll send on a link when it's available to to all the the, the, the comrades in Brazil as well. Okay, um, yeah, you'll uh, Stefan is saying he's going to publish a video of this. I'm going to have to have an input on that. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks a million to everybody, and um, uh, yeah, uh, have a good have a good uh, week. <laughs>